Many years he walked in darkness as he groped along the streets with his hand stretched out for pennies or for just a bite to eat. It's the story of a blind man who met Jesus on his way. And with the master's touch, the man looked up as the scoffers heard him say, Somebody touch me, somebody touch me. I was blind, but praise his name, I now can see. And made him walk again And the master saw with pleasure He had labored not in vain Like the story of that crippled man I once was bound by sin But since the master came Oh, praise his name Thank God I now can say Somebody touch me Somebody touch me I was blind but praise His name I now can see I was in darkness When Jesus found Once again, we are honored to have uh, Brother Earl Ankrum with us. Again, this morning's message, if you missed it, you missed it. It was good, and it was spot on, and boy, I'll tell you what, my heart was stirred. And I know many of yours were too, probably every single one of us, but without a doubt mine was. And tonight, he's going to come and preach for us again, and we've asked uh, just that he preach whatever the Lord puts on his heart tonight, amen? And uh, we're giving him liberty to preach, and I trust you'll open your heart your mind, and let the Lord Jesus Christ speak to you tonight. doesn't do any good to come to church and leave the same way, does it? So God help us just to let the Lord work tonight. Brother Rankham, you come, would you please? Amen. Well, I do want to let folk know what's been going on a little bit. And uh, like I said this morning, your investments. And uh, that's what, it's what you ought to be concerned about. 
I mean, you give money, you ought to, you ought to think, well, what am I getting for my, my money? Uh, I pray for, you know, if you pray for me and you support uh, missions here, uh, you ought to be concerned about, uh, you know, what's on my account. Uh, that's how it ought to be. And uh, let me just give you a little update here on, I certainly can't go through, I thought to myself, well, I'd like to go through and just tell you what's been going on for the last couple years, but um, I'm just going to give you like the last six months uh, of last year. And uh, uh, I said uh, this morning, there was a church in Indiana, you know, that uh, um, I guess about four people got saved there. And I talked about the fellow that was a dope head got saved and uh, he's doing good and got married and threw the dope out and dumped the booze out and he's different, amen, because salvation ought to change you. Amen. And uh, that, was, that was a real good meeting. I talked about a couple churches, you know, preach at and uh, one down south there uh, gave $640,000 to missions last year, 200 people, $640,000 to missions in one year. A church out in Texas, uh, they pledged 880,000. There's 200 and maybe 75 of them. Uh, they pledged 880,000, ended up giving over a million in one year to missions. Amen. Now, that's made up of individuals that have jobs that just got a vision so people wouldn't perish. Amen. And uh, you'd be surprised what God wants to do through you and through this church and... Uh, uh, God, God's got big plans for it. You just need to get aboard. And when you go to them churches, it's obvious that they're mission-minded. And um, that's a good thing to be known for. When I think of those churches and them names are said, I think missions. Amen. Just like a name, everybody, when you hear somebody hears your name, you know, they think of something. When they think of Community Baptist Temple, they think of something here. They do. When, when, when that name is mentioned and somebody's been here and visited or knows something, they think of something. Amen. Um, in June, I preached a uh, youth meeting. I have done that now for about 15 years, this same one. Eight people got saved there, eight young men. That was a blessing. Uh, went out to Maine. Three got saved in Maine. Uh, did a couple parades in between there, 3,000 tracks, 5,000 tracks. Uh, did uh, our usual tent meeting down in the bottoms of Columbus. That's always one of my highlights of the year. And had eight uh, people saved there. Uh, that crowd down there, you've got every kind of you can imagine. <laughs> Amen. And that week had a Satanist get saved. A uh, couple, couple prostitutes or whores, you know, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, and it, God calls them, you know, whores. Uh, Amen. He said Israel played the whore on him. That's in the Bible. Amen. Uh, I'll quit talking that way when you quit watching your hella box. Amen. And uh, amen. Bring it to me, and I'll put it. I'll put it back back where it came from. Amen. Uh, we'll blow a hole in it. Amen. Uh, but uh, uh, down there had all had a real good time. Did a fair in between there. Uh, went to Michigan, preached, set up my tent there again. Um, had three get saved there, and a preacher come from about an hour away and uh, wanted me to take his church out street preaching. That happens often. And uh, he said, could you take us out? Uh, he said, we've got, a, we've got a parade. And I said, well, what's your plans for this parade? He said, well, this is big. I said, tell me about it. 
and uh, he's going to drive his van with the church name through the parade. <laughs> wasn't wasn't so big. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, uh, we built a float and uh, got some got some folks. Uh, um, to do something there, and they ended up passing out 5,000 tracks in that parade, and it lasted over an hour and preached off the back of that thing all through that city. It was just lovely. Amen. Uh, went up in the mountains of Tennessee and preached uh, in a church that I'm not sure yet what it was, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a blessing. They had a, uh, what uh, I called a wailing bench, you know, a mourner's bench. They had one of those in that church. That's a good thing. I don't mind it, amen, call it what you want. I wish the altar would come, become a morning bench again in, our, in this church, amen, and in every church I preach at. I wish it would become a place where people wailed, and uh, amen. I ain't seen that, well, I've seen that this year, I guess. I can't say I ain't seen it for a while. But uh, anyway, went up there, and a little girl got off heroin. Um, she got saved, and that week was clean, and told her parents that she'd been stealing off of them and stealing off the grandparents and asked the church to pray for her because she's hooked on heroin. It's a blessing, ain't it? I uh, had two grown men saved that same uh, week. Uh, went down a little further into Tennessee. Had a 10 get saved during that meeting. One big boy, one big old boy just got out of prison. And uh, he's up there standing by the altar. It was a beautiful thing. And he got saved the last night of the meeting. And I mean, he no sooner got saved, no sooner got saved, and you hear the girls on this uh, front uh, pews screaming. And uh, hear a snake about that long come through the church, and, and he just gets saved, and I said, stomp the thing, and he stomped it. Well, the, well, the fool didn't stomp it where he should have stomped it. He got it right in the middle. And then uh, he tried to pick it up right behind, the, right behind his hand. And so he's fresh saved. And within 30 seconds of being saved, he's snake bit. Thing come around, got him. And uh, so that, that's a blessing, amen. <laughs> that don't happen just every day, you know. And uh, so, uh, uh, but anyway, that, that whole week there, uh, we, I'm telling you, folks wept on the altar. One of the things I like to do, uh, during meetings, it ain't real popular, that's probably why I like to do it, is, uh, and, and uh, this week, uh, last, uh, this, uh, this particular meeting was in September, and I preached Sunday to Sunday. This week I'm going back and preach, this year I'm going back to preach Sunday through the following Wednesday. They love preaching. And we always have a burning um, the last day. We get 55-gallon barrel. I do that all over the country. 55-gallon barrel, and, man, if you're going to get uh, right and going to get you cleaned up, you need to put some stuff, uh, get it out of your house, get it out of your heart, get it out of your home. And so we, we pile barrels full of trash, videos, uh, CDs, you know, cassettes, eight tracks, amen, albums, uh, just stuff that shouldn't be in your house, and uh, we burn it. You don't sell it. Why would you cause somebody else to sin. Uh, you burn it. Amen. And so that's, all, uh, that's beautiful. And uh, we had a burning there, but we had weeping every, every night on the altar. I mean weeping. And uh, people just, that church, by the way, is still in revival. I talked to the preacher just two days ago, and uh, they got it. They so got it that uh, they conspired with the preacher, and every morning they come in at that church 
A lot of the guys work at 5 and 6, so they come in at 3.30 in the morning, a bunch of them, and pray for their church and their community. They got it. Um, went down to Alabama, had four saved get in there. Uh, did a fair, had a, one get saved down there. Uh, had our Capital City Blitz. That's where all, all year long I invite churches to come out, and if you've never preached on the street, Take them out in downtown Columbus. Every kind of creature lives there that you would want to witness to. And uh, we take them out and teach them how to preach on the street, pass out tracts, and be evangelistic. Amen. Uh, from there, went on to PA. Had two saved there. Had three saved up in Ohio. Had another saved in Ohio. Four saved in Ohio. Uh, Muncie, Indiana, three saved there. Uh, PA got in a big old prison over there. Had 2,300 inmates. And uh, I lost count of how many got saved there. I could tell a story like that all night long, not to counting all the tracks we've sent out. We've sent out tracks. I got a guy starting a church in Canada, uh, once me to send him 50,000 tracks. And, uh, I mean, we, we, I just sent out, uh, oh, here in the last couple of days, I've probably sent out uh, 20,000 tracks. We get tracks back all the time and send them out in abundance and people getting saved, and it's beautiful. Amen. Um, a Lutheran got a hold of a, peace track and uh at, when they read that thing she said i've been in church my whole life and never understood or never heard the plan of salvation she said uh, after reading your piece of paper she said i'm i'm saved <laughs> amen i uh, had another guy in tennessee write me and he said something to this effect he said uh all my life i have searched for peace he said i never found it i've looked uh in churches i've looked uh uh, on the television, I've looked for peace. He said, uh, I'm, I'm older in years. How do you put it? I'm, I'm now upper in years. And he said, uh, the peace that I looked for all these years, I've finally found. Thank you, thank you for your track, your piece of paper is what they call it. But uh, amen. Um, that was good. Had a, get this, uh, this was something, in a crack house. Uh, I got a track back from a guy in a crack house who a whore gave him, a gospel, gave him one of my gospel tracts in a crack house. And he got saved. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Amen. Listen, you just never know where gospel tracts are going to end up. Um, man, uh, I get them back. They find them in phone booths. They find them in bathrooms. They find them on, on, in, in the stores, on shelves. Amen. And so uh, uh, we, we sent out our share of tracts. And... Uh, uh, God sure been good. To, I like to read them, amen. I like to see, you know, how they phrase things. Uh, I read this piece of paper, you know. Uh, I was in preaching in Minnesota, and a fella come, a Vietnam boy, um, called and left three messages at the church. And when I got back to the church, he said, I live at this address. Somebody needs to get down here. Now, I went through that town about 5,000 that day and knocked on all the doors and passed out tracks and stuff. And anyway... Uh, Erase that, hit it again. Somebody left a piece of paper on my door, and somebody needs to get down to this address. Three times he left that. I got that back there about an hour from church, an hour before church, and uh, went down there to his house, knocked on his door, and I said, "Hey, sir," I said, "I'm the one that left that piece of paper on your uh, door. Uh, what did you need?" And he said, "Come on in here. Come get in here quick." <laughs> And he's got this, you know, my testimony track laying on the table. And he says this. He goes, that did it. That did it. <laughs> and I said, well, what did it do? He says, that did it right there. I said, well, tell me what it did. 
He said, I read that piece of paper and now I'm different. And he said, now what do I do? I said, man, am I glad you asked. (laughs) I said, I'm preaching a tent meeting over here just uh, about three blocks from you. And I said, now you're supposed to come. (laughs) Amen. And he came and uh, praise the Lord. I mean, I can tell you a story about them tracks all night long. Uh, We send uh, CDs out and... um, I got some back from Texas, a little girl in Texas. I sent her a CD because a little girl in Pennsylvania lost a baby, and I sent her about five CDs to try to help her. And uh, she sent them to a friend that she was contacting on that um, Internet somehow, and that sent that girl copies of it. That girl wrote me for more, and she sent it to another girl, another girl, another girl. And just from that, we had a whole bunch of folk that we sent out a whole bunch of CDs to, and it was a blessing. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and uh, you just never know what just doing something for Jesus Christ can accomplish. Literally change people's lives. Amen. And so, um, anybody got any questions tonight about anything? Do appreciate your prayers and support. been a while since I've been here. And I'd like to tell you stories all night, but uh, um, I also like to preach sometimes. Amen. <laughs> Errol, um, I just wanted to get that. Maybe some other people in this church would like to get this uh, link on that I started putting vinyl lettering on my cars because when I would do festivals, fairs, parades and stuff, they'd take the magnets off and put them on different cars or, you know, and it was just, uh, so I got a couple guys that do vinyl lettering and they can't take that off your car. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, if you, you're interested in that, I gave him a number of a fellow that'll probably send it to you for free. Just come up with a verse, put it on your car, amen, and listen... This world's going to hell because of a lack of knowledge. And the church needs to care about sinners. And uh, put the Word of God on your car. Put it on there. Free. Uh, No excuses. Take gospel tracts and pass them out. I'll send them to your doorstep free as many as you want. No excuses. No excuses. The church of God is lazy today. Laodicean, lukewarm, lazy, and don't want to do anything for Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs) And so, uh, do something for Jesus Christ. Do something for Christ's sake. Amen. He's worthy. Somebody else? Still can preach on the street any place in America, any place I want. I can stand in front of any business, three foot in front of that business, and preach all day, and they can't do a thing. I can still knock on any door I want to in any, any city in America. I don't care if they got no soliciting signs. I can knock on every door in that city and they can't do a thing about it. Amen. And so while we've got that liberty, we need to do it. And I don't get permits to do anything. I'm not jumping through their little legalistic hoops. Amen. I've got the right to stand on corners and knock on them doors and tell people about Jesus Christ. And so do you and you ought to be doing it. Amen. Nobody got anything? I must, I guess everything must be well. Amen. <laughs> All right, look at Matthew 15. I don't have a watch, preacher. I forgot to see if yours was a good enough one to keep. Or not. 
All right. It is a blessing to be here, and I do appreciate your preacher and appreciate um, this church and all your years of supporting this piece of dirt. It's, it's appreciated. Matthew in chapter 15, and over here in Matthew in chapter 15 and verse 8, we're going to look real quickly here at something. I don't know if you've ever realized this or not, but in Matthew in chapter 15 and verse 8, the Word of God says this. It says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord God, for, Lord, these your people coming out again tonight. Lord, not to hear from me, but thee, and we do pray that'll be the case tonight. As your people bow their head in their heart and ask you, Lord Jesus Christ, to do for them what I sure cannot, and that is change them. God, I pray that you'll help your people step through this nothing and do something, step through this nobody and help somebody to leave this place changed, different than the way they came in. God, that they might fare better both down here on this planet, and Lord, that they might fare better one day soon at the judgment seat of Christ, we pray in Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen and amen. Now in Matthew in chapter 15 and verse 8, that's a very familiar passage, but the Word of God says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I want to preach a little bit tonight real quickly here on simply what I've entitled. Now listen, you need to get this. Is it just words? Is it just words? Now, Jesus Christ, I can almost see him saying this. I like to read the Bible, and I, I'm not like a lot of folk. It ain't just words to me. I can see it while I'm reading it. I can imagine it. I can, I can see people walking. I can see them wars back there. Amen. In the Old Testament, when, uh, man, they're fighting and swinging them swords and them spears. It's just lovely. Amen. And Jesus Christ here, he says, hey, this people, they honor me with their mouth. They, uh, uh, they, they draw nigh unto me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips. He said, and then it, you can just almost see me going like this. But their heart's far from me. And you know what the problem was? He, he, you know what he was saying? He was saying, it's just words. Now, you need to understand this. You need to get this. Think about this. This No remotes tonight. Amen. Uh, listen, you need to do something really weird. You need to think. <laughs> Amen. For yourselves. And uh, think about this tonight. Almost every single thing that has to do with worshiping God, everything that has to do with worshiping God, everything that has to do with spiritual things or spirituality, every way that we worship God, every way that we worship God here today is, listen, words. Every part. We come in here and we open up and we say prayers, which are what? We sing songs. We open up a book filled with... We open up the scriptures, which are... And then a man gets up in the pulpit and preaches what? And then people come down to the altar and they say what? And then somebody stands up and prays and says, and then we go home. Do you ever think of that? See, I drive around and think. <laughs> now think about this. Almost everything in Christianity that has to do with worship is words. Every part of it. That's wild, ain't it? You know what God thinks? God thinks a whole bunch of word about words. Amen. I mean, think about just think about words, man. Uh, uh, the the thing that started this whole thing was the Word of God. 
The thing that's going to stop it is the Word of God. Amen. God named His Son, one of His uh, names is the Word of God. Amen. Words, 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 words. Amen. It's words. Uh, words can help somebody. Words can hurt somebody. Uh, the Bible says by a man's words he's justified, and by a man's words he's condemned. Amen. God thinks a whole bunch about words. Uh, just in this sense of is it just words is merely or barely. Words is the letter or letters written or printed. It is talk. It is discourse. Amen. And so we come into the sanctuary, and when we come into the sanctuary, spiritual worship, when it comes to this spiritual worship of the Savior, supernatural things happen when words are sang and prayed and preached. Amen. Words. Words. That's what this thing's about. It's about words. Listen, uh, some of you in here, you know the importance of words. How long has some of the husbands said to their woman, man, uh, I'm going to take you here one day and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you know what? It ain't come to pass yet. Why? It was just words. Amen. Amen. Uh, you've, got, you've got mamas and daddies that say to their children, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to have a family day and every day, man of the week, that I'm, we're going to take one day and it's going to be our family day and all day long we're going to spend time together as a family and it don't happen. One of these days, you know, daddy's going to play the man and he's going to pick up his Bible and get his wife and get them kids and sit them around at night, amen, and turn off the Babylonian box and we're going to have devotions and I'm going to train my family the way they ought to be trained. But you know what? It never happens. It's just words. How many people have said, I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. But it's never come to pass. By a man's words, he's justified. And by a man's words, he's condemned. Amen. I'm not that old, but when I was a kid, you know what they did? I said, I'd go up to a, a farmer and I'd say, well, I'll be back here and I'll throw that hay in the top of your loft and I'll do that thing and uh, he'll, I'll say, how much you going to pay me? And he says, I'll pay you this much. And I said, it's a done deal. And you know what? I shook his hand and it was that. That's how it was. Why? Because I kept my word and he kept his words. Words used to mean something. But words don't mean nothing anymore to nobody. Listen, listen, I understand the heathenistic, hell-bound world. If you're in here tonight and you're lost, undone, and on your way to a sinner's hell, I understand your words don't mean nothing. You're lost and on your way to hell and of your father the devil. I understand that. But you and I that are saved shouldn't be that way. When we say something, we say we're going to do something, we say we're going to be there, we say this is how it's going to be. That's how it ought to be. And when you tell your wife, you tell that husband, you tell that boy, you tell that girl, you say this is what we're going to... It ought to be that way. Amen. Now, I understand the world and they don't care about words, but you and I that are saved sure ought to. Now, God thinks a lot of words. Look over there in Ecclesiastes. Over there in Ecclesiastes. The Word of God says this over there in the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm talking about is it just words. See, everything that has to do with coming into the sanctuary and worshiping God has to do with words. In Ecclesiastes, and uh, over there in uh, chapter 5, in a verse, oh, look in verse 1. Uh, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not 
that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by the multitude of words. Uh, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that that thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. You say, what are you talking about? You understand what God's saying here? Uh, in verse 7, For in the multitude of dreams and many words there are also divers vanities, but fear thou God. Listen, God thinks a bunch about words. In Psalm 138, verse 2, small w, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11. Uh, look over there in Matthew in chapter 12 and in verse 36. The Word of God says this, Matthew in chapter 12 and in verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. In other words, when you speak things that you shouldn't speak, one of these days you're going to stand before God, and one of the biggest things you're going to stand before God for is your words. He said in another place, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, for what cometh more of these is sin. You say, what are you talking about? Words. God thinks a lot about words. And so here you've got in Matthew in chapter 15, look at first of all in Matthew 12 and in verse 36. Again, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Words. I'm talking about is it just words. See, Jesus Christ over here in Matthew in chapter 15 and verse 8, he says, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's saying, is it just words? And so you see the Savior, and you see Him scolding some people, and He's scolding them over the subject of their words. Amen. It was not serious with them. And I'm going to tell you something, that same mentality of not being serious when it comes to us talking and saying some things, God's people just, I mean, they ain't got no character today. And we talk a lot, but we do very little with what we say. And that same mentality has crept into the church. And now in the church, everything that has to do with this spiritual worship, that has to do with words, has become just words. It's just words. When I got born again in 1992, I went into a meeting in Dayton, Ohio. And when I went into that meeting, up until that time, I was in a church that was pretty dead. <laughs> Amen. If, if you don't listen, I can tell something when it's dead. You never hear anything come out of its mouth, for one thing. I know if your church is dead when nothing comes out of your mouth. And I know when something else is dead because the members don't move. <laughs> Amen. If it's dead, listen, I did a funeral not too long ago. I talked to the woman in there. She wouldn't talk back. Why? She's dead. <laughs> and then I shoved her. And she wouldn't shove me back. You say, why? She's dead. It ain't too hard to figure out, is it? Now listen, we're going to talk about, is it just words? Is it just words? All right, look at Matthew 26. Matthew 26, i got to hurry here. Matthew in chapter 26. It, when, is it just words? See, I went into this meeting back in 92, and <clears throat> when I went in there, I walked into a church, and everybody was yelling and screaming and carrying on and throwing their hands up and waving handkerchiefs, and 
Man, they were running around in circles in the church and man, they were carrying on and hooping and hollering and something inside of me said, Glory to God! Amen! <laughs> I liked it. And the man that took me up to that meeting, you say, he said, Brother Earl, you see how these people are? I said, I sure do. He said, that's how it ought to be all the time. Amen. Amen. You know what? There was life in there. And listen, I, understand, I know the difference between fake and real, and that was real. Amen. And the man of God got up and preached, and I'm telling you something, people wept like babies on the altar, including me. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying back in them days when it came to worshiping God, it was real to them. Amen. But today in the churches, it's powerless, it's puny. Why? Because it's just become a bunch of words. We come into the house of God, somebody prays some dead prayer that bounces off the ceiling because they don't got a good relationship with God. They get up and they open up a hymn book and you've heard them songs so many times, it's like a water off of a duck's back. Don't even mean a thing. And then a preacher opens up the precious words of God and you're thinking to yourself, when's he going to shut up? When's he going to quit saying these words? It's just words. Matthew 26 and verse 30. And when they had sung in hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. If you look at Mark 14, 26, same thing. Over there in Ephesians in chapter 5, you know the verse, Ephesians in chapter 5. Do you good to look at it? Might be some of your only Bible reading today. Ephesians in chapter 5. Probably is. Ephesians in chapter 5 and verse 18, the Word of God says, By the way, most of your problems in life would go away if you'd read the Bible and pray every day. 99.9% of your problems would disappear if you'd just read the Bible and pray every day. But you ain't going to do it. So you'll keep your problems. Uh, but I'm here to help you. It says in verse 18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is it excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. You say, what are you talking about? Well, over there in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, he says the same thing. That Bible says that you're to sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. Amen. Listen, when it's just words, you know what you can do? You can open up that song book and, man, you can pick some of them songs out and, man, you can read them things and you know what? All you do is open up your mouth and it's just black ink on white pieces of paper and it don't do a thing for you. How can you sing a song like now? My favorite hymn book is Great Hymns of the Faith. And I like in the front part of that book, there's a whole bunch of stuff, 16, 17 hundreds. I like it. Amen. I like Luther and Wesley and Crosby and all them, you know. And uh, how can you sing something like Satisfied and not weep or shout? How can you sing Be Thou My Vision? How can you sing Nearer My God to Thee? How can you sing Amen uh, 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 when my life work is ended and I cross the swelling tide and the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer. When I reach the other side and his smile shall, will be the first to welcome. How can you sing that? Not something inside of you not stand up, shout, weep, amen, get carried away. You say, what's the problem? I'll tell you what the problem is. We just open up them hymn books and it's just words. It's nothing more than black ink on white paper. And listen, when the song service is going on, some people ought to be weeping. Some people ought to be shouting. Somebody ought to be throwing up their hands, amen. Some people ought to be getting uh, enthused about what, what... You say, what are you talking about? You're singing about the precious Lord Jesus Christ that saved you from the flames of hell, gave you a home in heaven, put the peace of God in your heart. Amen. 
How in the world can you open up that songbook and it be just words? We've sung victory in Jesus so many times it don't mean a thing to us. We've sung are you, are you washed in the blood so many times it doesn't even move us no more. I'm telling you, in the house of the living God, in the church of the living God, in the thing that God died for, words go up that are just words. When's the last time you sang a song and your soul stood up and just shouted? When's the last time you singing that one of them songs and you just began to weep? When's the last time you sung one of them songs and you stepped into that songbook and them words, you went there. And you're walking up Calvary's mountain one tender morn with Christ your Savior who is weary and worn. Amen. But we don't do that no more. Why? Why? It's just a bunch of words. It's just words. Amen. But man, when it's spirit-filled, man, you ever see somebody get up and sing a song and they can't get through it? It ain't just words. But most of us here today, just words. Just words. I, think, I like that song, Must Jesus Bear the Cross Alone and All the World Go Free. No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. How can you sing that song and it not do something to you? I must confess, I didn't know the ones you guys had up there. But I'm going to tell you something. You get them old hymns going on and something inside of me stirs, stands up. Amen! And I don't care what anybody thinks about it. It ain't just words. I can't sing where the lick can't carry a tune in ten buckets, but I carry a great hymns of the faith in my trunk and I'm sitting in hotels driving the people nuts. Amen. Watching their Babylonian box. They're beating on the thing because I'm yelling. Amen. Trying to sing, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Amen! <laughs> You say, what are you talking about? It ain't just words. It's the songs, the sweet songs of Zion. Have they just become words to you? Are they just words? Look at Psalm 119. You know where we're going here. Psalm 119. What, no, that's a great place to go. I like this. Psalm 119 and verse 140. The Word of God says this. It says, of course... He says, Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. Amen. 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 In verse uh, Psalm 119 and 111, the word of God says over there, of course, He says, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Amen. 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 In verse 97, it says this. It says, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Over there, Job 23, 12, the Bereans in the book of Acts, 2 Timothy 2, 15. Amen. Hebrews 4, 12 uh, and 13. James 1, 25. Isaiah 66 and verse 2. To this man will I look to him that trembleth at my word. Amen. You say, what are you talking about? The scriptures have become just words. Just words. I know why some of you don't like to read your Bible. You want me to tell you a secret? Because you've never really read your Bible. I'm not talking about picking up that Bible just to get your chapter or three chapters in. I'm not talking about picking that thing up and reading it because that's what your pre preacher said to do. I'm not talking about picking that thing up because mama and daddy make you read it. I'm talking about that thing being the rejoicing of your heart and when you wake up in the morning, you can't wait to get to it. Amen! 
I'm talking about you wake up and you get that book and you plop that thing down, that precious words of God on your lap. Amen. And you step into that very book. You step into the Scriptures. And as you're stepping into it, listen, it steps inside of you. Amen. And that thing attaches itself to you and attacks you. Amen. And you can't get over it all day long. Listen, and and you're walking through the day and man, it's your meditation all the day. You can't get over what you put inside of you. Why? Because it's alive. And when you read it, it reads you. What a blessing. Amen. But you know what? I'm telling you something. Listen, we come into the house of God and when I opened up and I read that verse, Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8, I seen the reaction of some of you. And you know what I know? It's just words. You don't need some new thing. You better get doing something with what you do know that you don't do. Amen. Well, I give you all the new things. I I got all kinds of things I like to do. Listen, I preach messages on the fingers of God. I preach messages on bugs, on bees, on spiders, on snow. That stuff flips my switch. Amen. The whole book does. And I'm going to tell you something. Woe unto you when that Bible becomes just words. Black ink on white paper. It's just words. You say, how do you know it's just words? Look at your life. See, that Word of God changes you. Amen. And if it ain't changing you and you're the same, it just says a whole bunch, don't it? It's just words. See, woe unto us when the songs are just words and the scriptures are just words. It's just words. Something's wrong. Look at Luke chapter 18. We'll get back to this one. But in Luke 18, you know the verse. Luke in chapter 18, we're talking about is it just words? See, everything in Christianity, when we come into the sanctuary for spiritual worship, it's words. Somebody says a prayer. We open up the Bible. Listen, we sing uh, sweet songs of Zion. Uh, The preacher gets up and he preaches. And it's words and words and more words. Words, words, words. Why? God likes words, amen. In so much that he named his son the Word of God. Matthew in chapter 18 Uh, over there in verse 11, of course, uh, Matthew, I mean Luke rather, Luke in chapter 18, and uh, look in verse 11, the Bible says over there, I like this verse because it's so much a reality, he says, the Pharisee stood and prayed what? Thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this publican. You see there, he stood and he prayed what? Thus with himself. You know what he's doing? He's just saying a whole bunch of words that are just words. And sometimes, you know what? Uh, People's prayer life, I know why people don't, I know why you don't enjoy praying. You've never prayed. Because praying is fun. It's a blessing. It's a thrill. It's a delight. Amen. But you know what? Some people, it's, it's, prayer is boring to you. Why? Because you've never prayed. I don't like to pray. I got my ten minutes in my half hour. And let me ask you something. How many of you in this room has ever shut everything off, turned everything off, gone into a closet, gone into a room with nobody else there but you and God and prayed to God for an hour? You ever done that? 
a half hour? And I'm not talking about vain repetition that you pray every day and you don't even think about what you're praying. I'm talking about pouring out your heart before God and casting your cares upon Him for He careth for you. I'm talking about you pouring out your soul to God. I'm talking about you going into the very holiest of holies where there's cherubims and seraphims flapping wings. Amen. Amen. And then prayers are going up into the holiest of holies. And it's joyful and it's delightful. And you don't want to leave. And you lay there for three, four, five hours and then you finally get up and you look at the time and you're like, where'd the time go? It seemed like but a minute. You say, it's never been so with me. That's because you've never prayed. You know what our prayers have become? Saying prayers have become just words. Coming to the church and the preacher calls on somebody to pray and I I don't know even who prayed today so I'm not picking on you. I couldn't tell you who he called to pray. Amen. But I'm telling you this, most of the time in the churches he calls on somebody to pray and they don't got a relationship with God, they don't got a walk with God and their prayers as dead, amen, as dead as the walls. You say, what are you talking about? Our saying prayers has become just words. It's just words. And so we come into the house of God and a whole bunch of words are bouncing around in this place and it's just words. So sad. Luke 18, verse 1, of course, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Matthew 12, 40, Luke 20, 47, Matthew 21, 22, Psalm 5, 3, 55, 17, 63, 1, 42, 1 and 2, you get all that. You say, what are you talking about? Saying prayers. Is it just words? Is it just words? Well, look in 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, we're talking about is it just words? Jesus Christ has said, he, they, these people, they draw nigh unto me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips, and, the, and you can almost see him going, but their heart's far from me. And what he's saying is, it's just words. It's just words. 1 Corinthians in chapter uh, 1 and verse 18, of course, <clears throat> the Word of God says yes. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. We understand that. But unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. Now, if you go over there and... 1 Corinthians 1.21, 2.4, 2 Corinthians 4.17, Titus 1.3, you find out that the Spirit's message, that's whose message it is. The Bible says back there in the book of Psalms, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Amen. The preacher, as a part of the body of Christ, is the ears and the mouth. He hears from God and gives the message. Just how it is. And you know what? That Spirit's message goes out to a bunch of people. And I watch them. Listen, I preach, I've been preaching now all over this country full time for about 18 years. And I watch them. I watch some of you. Well, if I see you do that, <laughs> it's five extra minutes. <laughs> And you know what you do? You just sit there dead. As the Spirit of God pours Himself out through the preacher. You know what that Bible says? 
the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. Are you, if you're saved, say amen. amen. I wish you'd all be saved. If you're saved, say amen. amen. Now listen, if you're saved, that Bible says the preaching to save people ought to be the power of God. Amen. Now let me ask you something. When's the last time? Think about this. No remotes, no TV around. Think about this. When's the last time that a preacher, a preacher got up and preached the Word of God from the Word of God and literally what was preached changed your life and it's never been the same? When's the last time that happened? That ought to be the normal occur occurrence. The power of God, the power of God, in our lives that are saved should be preaching. It ought to change your life. When's the last time a preacher got up and preached over the pulpit and it hit your heart and it caused everything about you to change? Now, if you've got to sit there and think any time at all, it's because the Spirit's preaching is just words. It's just words to you. That's all it is. When's he going to shut up? I've heard this before. I've heard this so many times, it's like water off a duck's back. Just shut up with them words so I can get out of here and go watch fake stuff. It's just words, see. That's bad. When's the last time preaching changed your life? Rearranged it. Your life was never the same because of a message that was preached. When's the last time? If it's been a long time, you're in trouble. Because it's just words. It's just words. I slipped in a service where no one knew me and I listened to a preacher preach. And when I go to church, I go to church to hear from God. And I figure God's got that man... <laughs> God knew where I was going to be and God's got that man plugged into something I need and I'm wanting it. Because that's the power of God in my life. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. Amen. And I want it. And I'm sitting on the front pew and I'm waiting and here it came, man. And it literally changed my life and I ain't got over it yet. Now when's the last time that happened to you? I slipped in a church on a Wednesday the last Wednesday I ever slipped into a church where they didn't know me and I wasn't preaching, listen, that man of God stood up and shucked the corn. And his preaching changed my life. You say, why? I wanted it to. What'd you come in here for tonight? Just to hear a bunch of words? Is it just words? When's the last time preaching changed your life? I know why it don't. It's just words to you. That's all it is. Well, that went over good. Listen, in Psalm 149 and verse 6, the Bible says, let, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. Amen. See, we can get to the place where even, even our shouting is just words. See, you know if you've been in the church any amount of time that at this time I should say amen. None of you do, but you ought to. And you know what? Even our shouting becomes just words. It's so bad that when we leave the church where we've had just a bunch of just words, 
Listen, we leave the church and now we're going soul winning and we've said them verses so many times. We've told people how to be saved so many times that it's just words. And our soul winning becomes just words. To the place where you can't tell some poor sinner lost and on their way to hell, you can't tell them about Jesus Christ being a ransom for their sin, about Jesus Christ uh, taking the wrath of God on Calvary's cross for that poor sinner. You can't say any more to that poor sinner. They need to be born again with tears coming down your cheeks. Why? Because soul winning's become just a bunch of words. Just a bunch of words. The Bible says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. When you read that book, it ought to change your life. But it's just words after all. And then how many times have you come to an old-fashioned altar... And God cut through that heart and God dealt with you and you come to an old-fashioned altar and you say, God, I'm going to give this up. God, I'm not going to do that no more. God, that thing's gone. God, I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start being faithful. God, I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start giving the missions. God, I'm going to start doing this and that and all these things. And you know what? We sell out. We submit ourselves to God and it's just words. Just words. Isn't that sad? Why it's so sad that we live in a generation of Christianity where, now listen to this, their salvation is just words. Come on, that's good. Amen. Dear Jesus, come to my heart and save me so I don't go to hell. Amen. And they never change, and you got to go bribe them to come to church, and amen. You say, why? Because their salvation is just words. When I got saved, when I got saved, can I tell you something? That Bible says when a man gets saved, it produces a new creature. Amen. When I got saved, I didn't want to drink no more. I didn't want to do dope no more. I didn't want to shack up no more. When I got saved, listen, I wanted to tell everybody about Jesus Christ. When I got saved, I didn't want to dress the same. When I got saved, I didn't want to go to the same places. When I got saved, you couldn't keep me out of church. I've missed church four times in 23 years. Four times. You say, why? Because my salvation wasn't just words. And if somebody's got to beg you and feed you to get you to church and bribe you to get you to church, why don't you get a real salvation that isn't just words? I'm so sick and tired of this fake. Listen, we live in a country where everything's fake, including the church. And people got so much fake, they don't know what to do when real shows up. And I'm going to tell you what's real. The words in this thing called worship where we come into the house of God and we go up into the holiest of holies through prayer not with bells wrapped around the bottom of our garments, not with a rope tied around our waist. But we can enter boldly into the throne of grace and obtain mercy and help in a time of need. What a blessing, amen. And then we come in and we get to open up hymn books that sing about our precious, lovely Savior and what He did for us. And when we're singing them things, man, 
something ought to stand up inside of you. And then we open them precious scriptures and the Spirit's message comes out across a pulpit and you begin to shout. <laughs> we go out and we submit and we sell out and we go out there and soul win. Amen. Now let me just close with this because my time's about done. But look at Matthew in chapter 15. Matthew in chapter 15, again, where we started. Now the Word of God says this, looking at verse 8. Is it just words? Is it just words? Is it just words? Matthew 15 and verse 8. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, honoreth me with their lips. Now look at it. But their heart is far from me. God gives us the solution. The solution. You say, what's the solution? Listen, if you, in these points, as we look at these points, you say, man, I can't remember the last time I opened up a hymn book and something inside of me stood up and I wanted to shout or I wept or that thing did something to me or affected my heart. I can't remember. It's because your heart's not right with God. When them songs that you sing is just words, it's because your heart's not right with God. That's just how it is. He said, this people draw nigh to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips. He says, but their heart's far from me. The solution was, listen, if they'd fix their hearts, it would fix the words. Amen. And if them songs is just words, the solution is get your heart fixed. If the scriptures is just words to you, they don't excite you. They certainly don't change you. You don't read them and they crawl inside of you and affect you and change your life. It's because they're just words and the solution is get your heart right and they'll mean something to you. If saying your prayers is just something you do and it's just dead and dry and boring to you, the solution is get your heart right tonight. Amen. And if it's been a long time since the Spirit's message preached has literally transformed and changed your life, if it's been a long time and you can't even think about that, it's because your heart ain't right with God. The solution is get your heart right. If it's been a long time since you've <clears throat> wept to some poor sinner as you went soul winning, the solution is get your heart right. Get your heart right. If it's been a long time since you've submitted to God and sold out to God and it really come to pass, the solution is get your heart right. And if you're here tonight and your salvation is just, I prayed a little prayer, but my life stayed the same, I, don't ever, I really never did want the Bible. I never really cared to pray. People got to drag me to church and beg me to come. I really don't want to come. Why don't you get, why don't, why don't you get a salvation that's more than words? Really get saved. Because a prayer didn't die on a cross for your sins and a prayer didn't go to hell for you. Amen. And a prayer didn't resurrect for you. Jesus Christ did all that. And you need Jesus Christ. Is it just words? I could go on and on and on. There's plenty more. <laughs> Isaiah 29, 13 is a good one to look up. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about is it just words? Is it? We've come into the sanctuary tonight. Let me tell you what's happened. A whole bunch of words bounced around. Because worship is words. But when it's from a heart that's sincere, it changes those words into supernatural things. 
Yeah. And that's what you need tonight. Woe unto the preacher that won't give you the remedy. And the remedy tonight is you better get your heart right so it ain't just words. Heads are down, eyes are closed. Come on. Heads are down, eyes are closed. Come on.